Morning Contrarians! Wednesday morning, January 17th, 6.40 a.m. Well, stocks sold off yesterday, but small caps saw the worst of it. And this resumes the theme that we saw most of last week, where we had small drops in the major indexes and big drops in small caps. This is important because small caps are the most risk-sensitive part of the market. And if this part of risk is seeing retrenchment, it typically does not bode well for the rest of the market. So the thinking goes at least. Then overnight, we had China GDP print below forecasts, slightly below forecasts, but the fact that they were, they being the Chinese authorities, were willing to admit any drop at all with these numbers is telling. And Tesla slashed car prices in Europe and in China And we also had some hotter-than-anticipated inflation numbers out of the UK. Eurozone inflation came in basically with forecasts. So as we look at our board of indicators here this morning, it all seems to be weighing on markets a little bit. Stock index futures are pointing to losses at the open, with small caps once again leading the drop. The Russell 2000 is down 1.3%. NASDAQ and S&P are down about four-tenths of one percent each. Commodities are dropping. We have WTI crude oil down almost two percent to trade around $71 a barrel. Copper, Dr. Copper, down three-tenths of one percent. Bonds. These are selling off at the short end of the curve, perhaps an indication of concerns about Fed rate hikes. The two-year yield is up six basis points to 4.29%. The 10-year is unchanged at 4.06%, keeping in mind that yields move inversely to prices. So it's a busy day. We have some earnings to kick us off. Charles Schwab, SCHW, that is a portfolio holding. I bought them during the banking crisis. It has done uh, banking crisis, whatever the the bank failures were in, in last spring. And it has done very well. Thank you very much. Prologis, Prologis, I don't know how to pronounce that. Stock ticker PLD, US Bank Corp, USB, and Citizens Financial Group, CFG. They all report before the open at 9.30. And then after the close, we are due to hear from Alcoa, Discover Financial Services, and Kinder Morgan, the latter, the last one being a, another portfolio holding. Uh, in terms of economic data, the main story of the day is likely going to be retail sales. These are out at 8.30. A crucial reading on the state of the U.S. consumer, which have been quite powerful over the last several years. And economists who were surveyed expect an increase of 0.4% month over month, after, which would be an improvement over 0.3% last month. If you look at core retail sales, which exclude automobiles, these are expected to to rise by two-tenths of 1% on a monthly basis, which is the same as a month ago. And I've included a chart here for you which tracks the annualized retail growth, retail sales growth. And you can see that this has kind of started to accelerate again after several months of lackluster increases around the early to middle part of last year. The numbers are nowhere near as... as, uh, buoyant as they were back in early 2022, but we had 18% 
17.8% year-over-year retail sales growth in January 2022, year-over-year. So I'm saying it was February 22, actually. So anyway, so we're not going to see anything like that. But the fact that the following January, January of 23, was up 7% on a yearly basis, that is that tells us what how how uh, just how much Americans have been spending money usually on things they don't need. And last month if you must know it was 4.1%. So like I said the numbers have come down, but they accelerated. If you go back to June of 23, it was 1.5% annualized retail sales growth. Anyway, we also get another reading on inflation in the form of uh, import and export prices that's out at 830 I'll spare you the details. Numbers don't translate into audio. They're in the show notes. Then we have industrial and manufacturing production at 9.15. Numbers in the show notes. And also some other stuff going on here today. Um, Retail inventories, capacity utilization, the NAHB housing market index. What's that stand for? The National Association of Home Builders. Yes, that is it. And the Fed's beige book this afternoon. So that makes this a very busy day indeed. As we listen to a little ACDC here. I think this is ACDC, right? Yeah. Anyway, so the U.S. is the most single powerful block of consumers in the world. As the American consumer goes, so goes the global economy. It's quite simple. The U.S., if Americans buy stuff, it means factories in China need to continue to churn out stuff for export. It means these factories in China have to order raw materials from the Middle East and from emerging markets and Brazil and other places, Australia. And that keeps the whole thing humming. So this is why today's retail sales print is so crucial. And it was just starting to look like maybe Americans were starting to run out of things to buy. If you look at the last couple of months, or certainly in the middle of last year. and But it turned out that Americans' propensity to spend money, especially on things they don't need was underestimated even by the most optimistic forecasts. So this this is and this has been literally the only thing that has kept the global economy from rolling over into recession. China is a basket case. Europe not much better, but the US consumers are buoyant. We'll see how long this can persist. That is the question. As long as Americans are employed and have steady paychecks, It stands to reason that it can keep going. We probably won't see numbers like 2022 again, probably ever. But even if we get low single-digit growth on top of what is already huge spending, that would be great news for anybody who is exporting to the U.S. market. Now, the other markets of the world, most notably China, are not so good. And we've known for some time that China is in trouble. The question is how important Chinese consumers are to this whole equation. And they are obviously not as big as U.S. consumers. I think that the European, the EU, 
maybe if certainly if you include the UK. But the EU, even ex-UK, I think might be bigger than China in terms of purchasing. I might be wrong on that. But the point is that they, they aren't as big as the US. However, luxury goods producers and other consumer goods companies are certainly seeing the effect of a slowdown in Chinese growth. And you just look at Tesla, I mentioned at the outset, how they are cutting sale, cutting uh, car prices in China, also in Europe. So that would be an indication of softer demand in China. How bad this is going to be, it remains an open question. I mean, even if China is the third largest group of consumers in the world, and you basically whittle that down to, well, you're not going to whittle it down to nothing. But if you if you drop it in half, or that that would still be bad for the you would think for the global economy. But Chinese consumer numbers have have been dropping over the last couple year one would think maybe they you know what I, I don't actually know that for sure I, I think they have but I'm not sure they may have resumed again after COVID but then with Chinese data there's always questions many many questions so probably you can look at to the companies Starbucks is another one Nike these are all companies that export massive amounts to China and on their earnings they often talk about how uh, the Chinese sales are going so there is that um, the, those companies don't uh, report earnings until a little later. And I've been talking way too long, so I'm going to shut up and leave it there. We'll be back here again tomorrow morning. Speak then. Bye.